Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am. Welcome to the Lifeboat live stream. We're going to have a discussion, do something a little different here. I've got uh, Karen Hunt on the line with us, and we're going to talk about uh, like what's happening in the world today. And um, Karen, you're, I saw that you are in Twitter jail. Welcome to the show, by the way. Glad to have you. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Okay. Yeah, I'm a little, yeah, okay. So, so I noticed you're on, what is yes, it, a 10, <laughs> 10 day suspension? Oh, it's, I'm, now I'm feeling better. It's only seven days. Okay. Yeah, my, my first suspension was 12 hours. And yep. so this one was, is uh, seven days. Nice. Yeah, so. so what was the baseless conspiracy <laughs> theory that you were promoting? Oh my goodness, I did a terribly bad thing. I just basically said, uh, well, I mean, it all started with me writing this essay because I write these essays now. I'm kind of, I got obsessed with writing these essays over the past few months and um, they kind of just started taking over my life and I wrote this essay about, you know, oh, the the horrible subject of ivermectin and um, and how it's, uh, basically I did, like, I do a ton of research when I write these essays and um, I try to write, like, I kind of, you know, because I, I, what I'm trying to do with my essays in the beginning when I first started writing them, I'll just say this first, is people, some people said, oh my goodness, they're so long, you need to make them shorter, people don't have that kind of attention span yep. these days, and I said, no, you know, I'm going to do something a little old-fashioned and bring this back, you know, so so people, you know, I just stuck with what I was doing, and then people started saying, yeah, I sit down with a cup of coffee, I read your, <laughs> I read your essay, I yeah. sort of think about it, you know, and so that you know, I, I thought, you know, yeah, I'm doing the right thing by reminding people that there is something called, you know, reflection and reading and and sitting still and, and you know, and thinking about things. So yeah. anyway, so I, so I did this this essay about um, uh, about Merck. I did some, you know, uh, studying about Merck and how they killed their pill because they could not make money off of ivermectin because it was already you know too cheap basically yeah, to get generic but for a few it dollars. was being used all, all exactly it was being used all over the world and so they needed to make a new pill so in order to make a new pill they basically killed the reputation or destroyed ivermectin and um so i wrote that article or that essay and that essay started being you know shared a lot and um and then i think so, i don't remember exactly how it happened but somebody shared it and then it got censored and I think it was after the whole Joe Rogan thing and where, you know, I was thinking, well, you can now use that word, ivermectin. everyone's using the word ivermectin now, yeah. you know, it's safe. Like, it's I safe. can use that word now. I didn't used to use, I used to be very careful, but then, I, well, I see it everywhere now. I, I can use that word. Hooray. So, um, and then people started, you know, retweeting it. And, and so it, that got censored whereby <laughs> it's such a funny thing that Twitter does. They, um, you know, they say, well, you cannot share it. And you cannot, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you cannot comment and you mm -hmm. cannot like it, but you can still share it. So then people just start sharing it like crazy because they're like, well, you know, F that, I'm going to share this because, um, you know, Twitter's trying to censor it. So, right. so I think, so then I got in trouble for that. But, but so on top of that, I made a post saying, you know, um, how many people have died because of the lies, the lies that are being told yeah. by these people in power, you know, starting with, you know, and head should roll, starting with, you know, Dr. Fauci. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then I, and then I, and then I um, added on a, an article 
about an elderly gentleman who was dying in the hospital and requested ivermectin and they would not give it to him. And so I guess it went to court or an attorney and he was able to get the ivermectin and he was able to, and he, sur- he was able to live and survive and get out. Yeah. So that's what we, I, we what talked I to, and that was misinformation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I talked to Dr. Mary Bowden and she's got a practice mm-hmm. uh, in Houston and she's going through that exact same thing. Sheriff deputy father to six uh, is in a hospital had the court order to prescribe him ivermectin. She's willing to do it. They refused hospital privileges. I don't, I think there's a different one where she's trying to get someone transferred and the one hospital where there's a doctor there waiting to treat it was refusing to accept the transfer. The one he was at was refusing to let, let him be treated with it. It, It's, it's turned into um, a dogma rather than science in my view. Yeah, so they're trying to say that this is science, and we've got this, you know, Dr. Fauci, this pontificated figure who basically says that he is science. And, yeah, um, so I am the science. You know, and he's not, an, uh, yeah, I am the science, not an elect official. And, and, and the incredible thing is, no matter what information comes out, he's still there. These people are still there, you know, uh, spouting their dogma that, that, you know, there's another doctor, Dr. Nagasi in um, Canada, I don't know if you heard of him, but I quote him in my article, in my, in my essay, where he was in, um, uh, he was treating patients in Alberta, Canada, and he was giving them ivermectin, and the yes. minute that they found out, his patients were getting better, and they, they threw this is him a out, and he... <laughs> And and he made a great uh, speech about that, that that I included in my essay. And, and you know, he, and and so doctors and surgeons, even though it was a, it, they 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 started withholding this life saving medication, and they forbade doctors to use this. Yeah. And so he wrote, like I just read what he wrote at the end. He said, "We must remember, we are here to remember." You know, people don't. You know, people have very short memories. Everything's a soundbite. Uh, and that's also why I write these essays. You know, we must remember our stories from the past. We cannot forget our stories. You know, this is what makes us uh, human. This is what gives us our our foundation of of who we are. And he says, so he says, we are here to remember the people today. We are here to remember every single doctor, lawyer, and medical ethicist that sits on the board of the BC College who is investigating Dr. Charles Hoff for speaking the truth. Mm -hmm. We are here to remember every doctor who stopped patients from having a life-saving medication. And what for? To boost mortality? To create an ICU crisis? To create a state of emergency? All to push a vaccine for money? History repeats itself. Nuremberg will happen again. We must remember and so will the day come when this truth is finally told and so we are as you you know we there we are trying to tell this truth we are insisting on telling this truth and we are being silenced for it but um you know there's one day the truth always the truth always comes out yeah Yeah. and and, you know there's i watched uh the high wire i've been taking clips of that all day like battling Mm -hmm. some of these doctors that are out there pushing the vaccine especially the ones for kids they are like really bought into the paradigm um and he like (laughs) they wanted data to show the vax versus the unvaxed and rather than actually provide it to his medical board who was kind of threatening him because he doesn't go along with he lets his patients decide their vaccination schedules so like 
no, everyone's uh, not following the recommended guidelines, right? They're doing it at their own pace. They're only doing some, which is kind of what we did with our daughter. Um, and he, rather than provide the data straight to them, he published it in a peer-reviewed journal and then gave it to them. And that's when they started coming after him. And they took his license away in an emergency <laughs> meeting. He got it back eventually, but he had to agree only to treat or not to treat healthy kids or something like that. They're basically trying to uh, stop him from publishing this kind of data. And he is in a lawsuit right now. And the, the it's $250,000 just to, you know, basically fight them on this one issue. So they've built this system uh, that, you know, the the slaves would mark their X because they couldn't read and like today, oh no, you sign your signature and here's all the words. But like they've sign redefined. Your, basically it's, sign it, yourself away. It, it's legalese. Most people aren't capable of even comprehending that and don't even know that oh, they've redefined a bunch of those words, so you may think you know what you're reading, but you don't actually know what it means. And I have to look at that and go, how is it any different than the slave marking his X because he couldn't read? And then, you know, if you want to utilize their system, it's so efficient, the people to do it are three, two, four hundred $400 an hour or more. It costs tens of thousands of dollars. The state uses your resources against you. Uh, you know, you have to use, expend your own resources. So even if you win, it's typically a loss because you've sunk all this time and energy and stress into yeah. it. And it's just. Uh, well, the, 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 the um, little people can rare, can rarely win against the powerful. And yet, mm -hmm. you know, if you look mm -hmm. at history, you know, eventually they always rise up, you know, <laughs> they always do. And so the, the powerful should be careful <laughs> because it can always happen again. But, um, you know, we can definitely get into that, you know, that how we are, how we've basically sold ourselves. My latest essay is actually about that, how we basically, we, if you talk about human trafficking, we basically trafficked ourselves almost completely and people don't even realize it because they've been primed to be so used to just accepting and signing as you say yeah. and not realizing what they're signing you know one of the things is um you know like with all these charts and everything i get frustrated and again like i'm not an academic and i'm not you know i don't have any big degrees or anything i'm just an ordinary person so but i you know i, I have a brain and I think my brain works pretty good. And so I rely on my brain, but people are being told, don't rely on your brain. Don't, God forbid you rely on your common sense. You know, you, you need to just trust us. And it's like the, and you know, in the old days, um, before there, there was the printed word or before people could read, they just had to trust the authorities. You just, they had all the power and you just trusted them. And it's basically kind of gone back to that. They don't want mm -hmm. us, you know, all this free information that we've got, they, they need to now start restricting it because, but, but there's of course so much information. So, you know, what I always say like, well, with I, I want to stop know, right there a, and just talk. Yeah. I mean, I think what we've seen is sort of this, um, we created, they created this capitalist system, but then they've come in and started co-opting it. I mean, you talked about the, the censorship, uh, you know, like I have been going full throttle, anything I want to say, any hashtag I want to use, I use it. I don't care. And I have been left alone for months. Now, 
that might be mm-hmm. so there was this I was looking through the vaccinated, unvaccinated tags, and I came across this video of this woman telling the employees to get vaccinated and how to convince your friends and family and coworkers to all get vaccinated. And I made a video about it, like tearing it to shreds. Basically, she was a psychologist, and it turns out she was uh, she's a global uh, head of employee wellness for Twitter. <laughs> So, oh my goodness. Oh so my I, goodness. I tweeted Jack and said, oh, I guess I'm going to get banned here. You're going to let this go, Jack. And since then, nothing, nothing at all. Until about a week ago when Jack left and this new guy, this engineer comes in who is the one writing the algorithm. So I see that when he's only got 60,000 followers and I send him a message, invite him to a spaces chat to discuss censorship. I doubt I'm going to hear from him, but that's when it's all come back and now we're seeing more people get banned and you know for a while there it was only like the alex burns and the people who get really big and get a lot of attention or it's a real hot button issue that's a problem for the narrative uh but i think we're heading back and especially with this new media policy that they're pushing where uh, you know if you're trying to post a video of your kid's soccer game and one person in there complains, they can delete your account. Like that, that is insanity. Yeah, it's sort of like what happened on Facebook, I guess. I don't, yeah. Uh, it's just like the, the bullying, the, 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 um, you know, the, the crowd, you know, that, that gangs up on you mm-hmm. and is allowed to do that. And, um, but I mean, we're all, we've all been put in our, yeah, I used to see a thing like I don't do anything on Facebook. It's like a dead space and yeah. very sad world. <laughs> but um, but I used to be on there and you would see people like saying things like, um, just stay in your lane. Just stay in your lane. You know, things like that. Yeah. And it's really, <laughs> that's, what's, that's what's happening. You know, everybody's in their lane. They put us in our lanes. You know, it's, it, in a way, it's like really frustrating. Sometimes I just want to step out of the lane, but you step out of the lane and you're just going to get run over by, because everybody else is in another lane and they're, and they're all going the opposite direction. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so you cannot, so, so we've literally been put in these lanes where it's an echo chamber. You know, a lot of people talk about this. And so, you know, on Twitter that, you know, you can feel, start feeling really bold because, you know, you're going to get, you have all these followers and they're all going to agree with you. And, and mm-hmm. we're all winning this, we're, we're winning this battle and, and, and you're actually not even seeing the reality of anything at all because you're only seeing this myopic view of the world. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's like, sometimes I'd like it to be just a little more in a weird kind of way, like a little more dangerous, you know, at least I want somebody to, to not just a bot or not somebody saying some stupid thing like, oh, look at your stupid haircut or something, you know, I mean, something <laughs> that's so outrageous that it's not even a, you know, you can't take that comment, but, but, you know, you, you might want somebody to engage in some kind of an mm-hmm. intelligent debate where you could mm-hmm. feel like you were having a conversation, but that is not possible. Yeah. That is the last thing that anybody wants is for people to res- even, you know, to, to be able to respect one another of different points of view, you know? So, so I did this that. is, um, I did that today. Um, so I, I tweeted out something. I have this thread of all the coincidences that happen that are related to the vaccine. And, uh, I do it every month and then post all of them as we go through the month. And uh, one of them, I, somebody sent me, sent it to me. It was a woman. Her five-year-old had died. Uh, and 
I went through her tweets and she was tweeting about being double vaccinated herself. And she, there was a comment about vaccinating her kids as soon as possible to prevent uh, severe disease or something. And I uh, posted kind of, you know, did this lady kill her kid with this, with this death jab? And uh, <laughs> turns out I missed the fact that she's from the UK and they don't, it's not allowed there. So that was out and I was wrong and her kid died of something else. And her, everybody's like, Oh, see you piece of shit, this and that. And it's a bunch of the, of the, <laughs> of the Vax kids crowd, right. That got riled up. So then I just started engaging with them and, uh, you know, people are loving the tweets going back and forth, but I took the 10 red flags of the Pfizer trial that that um, blog post has been going around. And they're like, oh, that that organization, they're garbage. They they would exactly. <clears throat> they would attack me. They would attack the author. They would not attack the data. So then I had to, like, take screenshots of the specific red flags post those and say, which one of these is false? You said this is some grifter uh, and it's all lies and misinformation. Show me which one is false. Here's the four things. Let me summarize them for you. And that like not one of them could answer that or would answer that because I think at a core level, they've made this decision to go along with the vaccination. They've, you know, they've taken it themselves and uh, for them to be wrong about that and having told all these parents that their kids should get this thing without really understanding what it is. That's going to be a really strongly held belief that the cognitive dissonance is just not going to allow them to, to bring into conflict. I think for most of them. Yeah. And it is a belief. It, it is a belief. I mean, we all, I mean, it's one of the things that I talk about is that the, the, one of the mysteries of life is that we do all kind of walk by faith. I mean, whatever it is that we discover, um, it's based on a theory that we come up with in our minds, and that's something that's not even we don't know we never we don't know anything completely because we are you know finite beings. So so if we knew something completely, we would be you know infinite, omnipotent beings. You know, so we try to we and we do we really do. I think people really desperately try to figure things out as best that they can, but at a certain point, you put yourself in a camp and you say, I believe. I believe this. And the more, I mean, it's sort of like gambling too. I mean, at a certain point, you know, if you, you're going to put everything on the table because what more do you have to lose? You know, you're going to take that chance and it's a desperation and you can feel the desperation in people. Um, yes. But like what I say in one of my essays, uh, called, one of my recent essays called Empire of Deceit, uh, you know, really what they wanted to do was to, um, really after the children, and because we're all, you know, I'm all elder, elder, I'm going to die. It doesn't matter. You know, if I say, oh, oh, look at the metaverse, I'm never going to want to live in there. It doesn't matter if I say, it doesn't matter what I say. What matters is capturing the children. And one of the things is that when they were able to get millions of parents to willingly and happily give mm -hmm. over their children for an experimental um, injection, I don't know, you know, what even can you call it? Um, they knew at that point they can basically do anything. If they can get parents to do this happily, eagerly, believing that they are, that this is in, in the best interest of their children, do, of the world, you know, it's a very, very hard to go back from that. Do you think like the people on the advisory panel 
I mean, is this some, are, are they really just this incompetent or is there an agenda at play here? What do you think? Uh, the people on the advisory. The, well, or like Lewinsky, yeah. Fauci. How many of them do you think know what they're doing? And like, is do you think this is I, something know, that they did intentionally and then have like planned this all along? Or is it something that they thought was actually going to work? And then their ego got in the way and now a bunch of people are dying and like they're trying to save themselves? What, what do you... Like, how do you uh, pitch well, this well, in I mean, your mind? I mean, I guess I can say, speculate. I can speculate about that, but at a certain point, I would say that there are people, whoever they are, who know what's going on, yeah. and there are people that have been caught up in this for various different reasons. You can't say it's all one thing or another. Right. But there is a really good show that illustrates this. Um, Goliath. Do you know that? Uh, it's a, it was a prime TV show with Billy Bob Thornton, and his character is actually Billy. He's like a, okay. is he a lawyer? And, oh yeah, yeah, um, I did Maverick see that. Sort of, yeah. So the last season is, and I talk about this actually in that essay um, you, about oh, ivermectin. Yeah. I talk about that. Yeah, it's monologue so, at so the end. It, That's where so, you're going. It, yeah. It's well, so he, so, so so there's this, you know, so the head of the the the, the horrible horrible head of this drug company, mm -hmm. he's just in it for power mm -hmm. and. And uh, more power and more power and more money and you know, but 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 in a way, he also gets so caught up in this. It's like this train that you can't get off of, and, mm -hmm. and it destroys you in the end. You know, it just it does destroy you. But you're going to keep going because you don't know how to get off that train. You just, and as you, you know. say that, like so, I'm reminded so, of uh, the Bernie Madoff scam, and, and like he knew mm -hmm. he, they couldn't keep it going forever. But it's like, well, just maybe another week. We can do this and and extend it. Just ride this train. Like that yeah. seems to be what he was doing. Yeah. And so he has his. So so this head of this company, he has his um his. Uh, daughter-in-law it's his daughter-in-law and she's the head of the scientific you know she's doing these experiments on this new drug yeah. and she has to she knows she has to reach a certain conclusion with this drug but it's not happening in the lab you know showing that how effective it and that it's not dangerous basically she doesn't reach the conclusion that's required so they go out to dinner together and they're sitting there and you know it's a nice dinner how are you doing and all this and then it gets down to business you know so what did you find out and she says well i it's not what you want to hear. It's not going to be what you want. He goes, tell me what I want to hear. And she tries to, you know, push back and say, you know, how can she do that? And in the end, it's like, there's no other way. You are in my power. I can destroy you, everything about you. You're going to tell me exactly. And, you know, she's not a bad person. She's a good per person. She has a conscience. Maybe he doesn't have a conscience anymore. He's too far. He's, he's, he has, um, uh, compromised himself so much that he no more he can't you know can't even he's at the limit of his there's nothing more to compromise he's yeah. lost his soul basically but she still has a conscience and so but she just goes along with it and this is like you know it's sort of like you know like in in Twitter like when you get thrown off of Twitter in order to get back onto Twitter you have to do something that I was talking to a friend of mine today about this you have to do something that kind of just destroys your soul just I, a little bit. Admit you, you were wrong. To, 
Oh, exactly. Oh, and you know, yeah. and you're not wrong. Right. But if you want to get back on there, and so you you weigh the good versus the evil, and okay, well, it's better if I get on because I need, you know, it would be still like, what would be the point of me standing for my principles and refusing, you know, that nobody's, I mean, I'm never going to reach any, and you know, I worked really hard on Twitter to get where I am, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I acknowledge, you know, you, you, you do in life, you, you do make these compromises. But at a certain point, you know, you have to say um, that that that's as far as I'm going to go. Yeah. You know, that's as far as I'm going to go with my God. And she does this in the movie Goliath, you know, I mean, in, the, in this series, you know, she does get to that point. Um, but um, but if you keep going, you know, that's that's where these people are. And you can, I feel like it, it, these people, like our politicians, are, I you can feel the fear, the fear. Mm -hmm. These are not happy people. Yeah. You know, these are not people who feel like they're doing something good for, you know, you look at, if you looked at um, even Dr. Fauci, look back at what he looked like in the beginning of this and what he, what he is like now, um, it, you know, it's very, very telling. He's a very scary person now. Did you see, and he really was, did yeah. you see where um, the, somebody was interviewing him and asked him about Rand Paul saying he should go to prison and he brought up, uh, well, what about January 6th, Senator? And then he had this really weird stress response where he like did this thing real quick and it, it, he, yeah. he did that nervous laugh and then fumbled with his mouth. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I saw that. He's yeah. freaking out. Yeah, really. yeah. I mean, it's panic for a lot of these guys. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, we don't know what's, what 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 the future holds but um it sort of feels like like <laughs> i would like to be more optimistic you know i would like to and you know people always say wow your essays like they're just really dark and but they give people hope and also like you know and inspiration and all of that to get through the fire because um you know, I mean, I mean, we always want, like, we do want the quick fix. Like, we want to think, oh, this is going to get better, like, next month or, oh, next year. It's got to be better. Well, it might not. You know, it, we might be, you know, these warriors that people look back on as, you know, uh, as the, the as last in the stand at the Alamo. That might take, we don't, yeah, <laughs> and, and it might take, you know, way beyond. We, we don't know the answer to that. All we can do is what we you know, believe is, is the right thing to do. But of course, you know, their goal is to um, create this, you know, and this all sounds crazy, but there are people, you know, why not create this master race? Why not, you know, with DNA and, you know, all, all the work that they're doing with um, genetics and co collecting, you know, in China, th that's another one of my essays, they, they, they have the biggest database of DNA from all over the world. Yes. Every part of you is being, um, is being monitored, sold, picked apart, every part of you, not for your benefit. Right. This is not for the benefit of the common person. Yes. This is for the benefit of the elite so, who are using us basically in a sense as, as to experiment on. Yeah. Have you watched Westworld season three? I haven't. <laughs> oh, okay. I want to tell you about it because I think it is absolutely the best sci-fi show like ever mm -hmm. to date um, because they just absolutely nailed all the details. Um, the, the, I'm, I'm going to a little bit of a spoiler alert. I'll try not to do too much, but the premise is 
the park is really there not for the guests to come in and do the thing, but for them to, I, I mean, that's, that's part of it. They get to go in and, uh, rape women and shoot people and do, you know, whatever they want in the park with the robots. But to get there, they do this psychological profile and the company was cataloging all of those, all of that data to where they could basically reproduce you with an AI and then end up replacing you with a robot if they wanted to. But what happened is they, they built this AI supercomputer and used it to manipulate the markets. And the whole system is so manipulated today. You know, it just seems like, yes, that's where it's going. And you've got Zuckerberg. He bought Oculus and is forcing people to use it on Facebook. Why? Well, it's not so that he can be the leader in virtual reality. The current headsets, that's really all they do. But the future ones, you can bet your ass they're going to have sensors in them where they're going to start mapping out your brain and do it, building these exact same profiles. That's where he's going with all this, I think. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think absolutely. Uh, I mean... You, I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of proof that we can see that, that, and it, that it makes sense that, that that is what's happening. And I mean, if you look at, like, I'm really been fascinated and I've written a lot about it, these like, you know, like, let's say the four biggest billionaires in the world, you know, mm -hmm. the richest, and these might not even be, I don't know who's at who's at the top. I'm not going to speculate or get into some crazy theories about that. I have no idea. I can just, you know, what I see in front of me are these guys like, you know, Be Bezos and, mm -hmm. um, Musk, and yeah. uh, Musk. And I'm really fascinated with these guys. Yep. And, um, and they're, um, you know, they, they're, they're putting a lot of money into this, a lot of money into, into immortality, you know, finding ways to live forever. Why wouldn't you want to live forever? If you have, imagine, I mean, and I can't imagine, if you have that, if you're that powerful and that wealthy and you still know that you're going to die, you're going to die, you know, and, and what is the point of all of that? Like I, I wrote a, an essay about, you know, like Steve Jobs. He he gave a really fascinating interview towards the end of his life, where he in, where he said that what what we do is we steal from people, we steal idea, we steal and we take it. We know how to steal and take it and transform things. So this is what they're this is what they do. They steal from you. They steal from your from from your body, from your mind, from your yeah. everything. And they know how yeah. to, they have the talent to be able to structure that in ways and, you know. Yeah, Gates but stole the, the end, computer from IBM and, and the mouse it, idea from Apple. I mean, he, 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 it's exactly yeah, what he and does. It's really fascinating. The first, like the first computer, for, you know, which was used by, um, CERN, um, you know, you know, there's a lot of history and all of that, which I go mm -hmm. into in one of, one of my essays, mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, so they're, they're really, uh, I mean, th this is, this is a goal that they haven't, but then what happened to Steve Jobs? Like he died. <laughs> I mean, he died of natural causes, mm -hmm. all the money in the world, mm -hmm. you know, could not save him all the power in the world could not save him. And so I think that could have been a, like a really, like a wake up call to these other guys, you know, and, um, and they're little, and, and it's, and it's really like, while we are being locked down, abuse, mentally abused, mentally, physically abused by our parents, the government, um, 
they are building the first hotel in space, which will be opened in 2027. Mm -hmm. Do you think I, 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 do I think I'll be going to that hotel? I'm going to be all, you know, we're all going to be, you know, having to like, um, we're having, we're going to have to deny ourselves for the sake of climate while they take all of this energy yes. and power and resources to propel themselves to another level. Uh, now, maybe in the end, that's what humanity needs. And I'm just, you know, we're all like backward. I mean, well, uh, I don't know, but I, I don't I think, think so. That's not my opinion. Yeah, you know? I, I think that's already happened to a large extent. Um, you know, back in the 50s, you had the whole Roswell incident and then another one shortly after that that brought down these ET crafts. And then there's a guy named Cliff High who went and pulled all of the RSAs from the, the government uh, databases from you know the mm -hmm. 40s or whatever all the way up to the 90s or something. And he said uh, Roswell was, I think, uh, 47 and by 53 he noticed a distinct change in the language of the request for proposals that went from like a reverse engineering aspect to a, how do we exploit this technology? So they had some kind of breakthrough in the fifties. And I think this thing's been squirreled away in this deep state. That's become this breakaway civilization that has this kind of technology and has been, is probably t decades ahead of, where the public believes Absolutely. things are and they're already out there and who knows what they're doing. They probably started a war with somebody knowing these people. <laughs> well, it's really funny. Like Steve Hawking's, you know, like brilliant, one of the most brilliant minds. Yeah. It's like, well, his big idea was, well, we need to get off of planet earth because mm -hmm. we're going to, we're all going to kill ourselves. So we're all going to, you know, have another world world war. And by that one, we're going to, so we need to go to outer space. I mean, I'm sorry, but how stupid is that? It's like, a, it's like the little kid who messes up their room and never gets any consequences. All they do, they leave it and they move on to the next room. If you cannot figure out how to clean up your mess here, do you really think you're going to do a better job when you get in, you know, when you, when you start expanding yourself and yes. you know, it's already, if you look at, you know, weapon, uh, you know, they're already like what, what they're doing with weapons now and weapons in space and mm -hmm. um, you know, what's going to happen when China and the United States both decide that they want to put their space station on the same spot on, on the moon. I mean, if we think we already have problems now, you know, we're, I mean, that, that's just, we're not, you know, we haven't, you know, if we can't solve the basic, issue of humanity of, of the problems within our own you know spirit of why we are so destructive and so um, um, you know corrupt when it comes to power if, if we can't solve that and 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 as soon as somebody gets some power that's the last thing they want to solve because they right. want that power they want so, to see that power you know, going to take them. the way I describe like this process that I think society is the world is about to go through is we're going to see probably some kind of mass die off of the vaccinated. I don't know how bad that's going to get. Um, that's a big question, but even if it's 10%, that is going to absolutely destroy supply chains and the way the world is. Um, and if it's worse, we're talking 
you know, years to literally take a society that's this, that's spread out all over because we had this certain population that could support that. That's now going to have to relocate and, you know, like everything, we're going to have to reorganize our society. And I, like what I talk to my audience about is exactly that. This to me should be such a clear signal that governments can't be trusted with this kind of power because they've created, they've recreated the Holocaust here. I think that's what we're in the midst of. They are pressuring and coercing people to take this soft kill injection injectable instead of throwing them in the gas chamber and the camps that's coming. They're building those, but you know, for now let's get all the, and, and it's, you know, I think we're at war and people don't realize that it's not fought with soldiers and machine guns anymore. Yeah when you can do these bioweapons, leave all the infrastructure behind and then collapse and crater the economy and then come in and buy everything up cheap. Like uh, that's kind of what I see unfolding. And I talk to them about, you know, the reason this medical theocracy has formed is because we have the AMA and they get to dictate medical practice for all the doctors. And what we really need is three of those at least that are independent and not co-opted by the government, which means you just, you can't have a government because that's eventually what will happen. I mean, this started off in America as this experiment in small limited government. Well, let me tell you, it's failed by every measure. So I think the solution here is to, for these people, a lot of my audience are heavily invested in crypto. They're going to be, a lot of them are already are multimillionaires. Um, but I think the opportunity here is to reshape and evolve society beyond these control paradigms and mechanisms that can be co-opted because, I, I mean, let's face facts, they, they're marching us off to death camps. Yes, absolutely. I think one of the things is that if you look at um, you know, the mysteries of the, of the universe and uh, how we live, um, that there's, you know, there, and I'm a, like a martial artist, like 30 years martial artist and trained a lot in that and, and fighting arts and things like that. And so you learn about, you know, the positive and the negative and energy and push and pull and all of this. And there, this is, uh, uh, this is how it is. There's this, and if, and if the balance, you're continually trying to keep the balance. So we might call it good and evil. You know, we use words. We have to make uh, meaning out of these things or, you know, um, and in science, we do this, and physics, and all you know. There, there's, but but it's clearly, and when it becomes, and when the balance is shifted, it, you need to bring the balance back again. You cannot have this imbalance. And so I think also, you can see that that's why there has to be checks and balances within government, within companies, within you know. If you don't have these checks and balances, and we've kind of. Um, you know, lost all of that. And it's sort of like a Tower of Babel. I mean, maybe, you know, it, it, it's become so top heavy and so this, this structure unwieldy, you know, and, and that maybe it will eventually collapse. But when it does, this will be horrific. You know, I mean, either it keeps going, it's horrific, or it collapses, it's horrific. I mean, the, the, there, this is a turning point in humanity that we're facing now you know whatever mm -hmm. happens it's, it's a turning point but it but somehow it had the balance has to be restored it has to be restored and um so you know i always thought it's like i grew up like in this really conservative my father was a 
was like in the 80s, he was like this some big conservative Christian author, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't like I sort of rebelled against all of that and went my own way. And, and but I'm really thankful for my um, for my background because, you know, I really learned, um, you know, I can really see a lot of the things that I was taught, uh, like that th- there's some really basic fundamental truths that I was taught, you know, as, as a child. I mean, there's other things that, you know, are added on that are like traditions or whatever that people get caught up in, but there are basic fundamental truths of life. And if we do, if, if we do not follow these, you know, for people, for these people to say they couch it in, you know, health and safety, mm-hmm. um, caring about the planet, all of this, but you know, the planet doesn't need us, you know, the planet is fine. <laughs> It's it's the humans who are the problem, you know. The planet will always right itself because mm-hmm. the planet is natu- naturally, you know, ha- ha- goes about this natural process. We have introduced an unnatural thing. These unnatural things. We are trying to, um, you know, mess with that natural. Part. That's why they have to change. They're changing definitions of things. I've, I've yes. told my my readers. Get yourself an old dictionary. Keep it so you can remind your children of what words. So maybe one day that you know your child or your grandchild will find that old dictionary in the attic, dust it off, and wow, is that what the word vaccine means? <laughs> you know, because they they can they are manipulating, changing because there's no they they don't want there to be there's no truth. And I kind of you know I went that, well, I even the thought, narrative you know, is I, the that, truth. That, the, the narrative, yeah, the narrative becomes, but they can change that at any yes, point. So, point. for example, mm-hmm. like, let's just go back to like basic things because like, there is so much information out there. And so, this is what, you know, people just get so bogged down all the information. But if you follow one thread, you know, just follow one thread, then you, you might see some truth, you know. Whereas if you try to look at all this information bombarding you, it just becomes too overwhelming. But so, let's just take the word vaccine. Um, you know, when I, I went to Bolivia, I was there for a while, and um, before I went to Bolivia, I, I had a vaccine, yellow fever vaccine. Mm-hmm. Now, when I got that vaccine, I read the, the definition, it, this, will, this will protect you. You will not get yellow fever. No, of course, because I don't want to get yellow fever, because if I get it, I could, I could very well die. Succumb to this it, is yep. a very unpleasant thing. Very, mm-hmm. very, very bad illness so you are guaranteed when you get that vaccine that you will be protected they had to change the definition this vaccine does not protect you so they manipulate they have to change the words they change it so that it gives you um i can't remember what 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 it is exactly that it says now but it's very you know that was one of the things when Rand paul one of the things when in in his arguments with or when he was talking with fauci he said you know you you've changed in fact uh, and you've changed the meaning of gain of function research well you know we don't want like okay well we don't want that like that's not right anymore we're just going to change it it's not based on anything other than that we are god we have become god so whatever we say you do not question it it is (laughs) you know so sorry what is this yeah, no, so, that so was that's me. Okay. I'm doing some things in the background. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so these are you know so so these are the um, and then we become it, it's it's 
people become so, they keep changing the definitions and the meanings and, you know, one day you should wear a mask, the next day you should not wear a mask. And after a while, it's called menticide, you know, you, you become so overpowered by these, um, you know, by, by the fear and the, and then they, and they'll give you like they have now, they, they give you a period of um, reprieve, you know, mm -hmm. where they give you a little bit of freedom and before they bring it back again. Yes. Until, so people really, I think it's very, one of the things I try to encourage people, that's why I say, you can even look at a chart and you can be, come from and wow, that chart looks really good. But the other side will give you a chart and they they believe their chart too, you know, and that's science and this is science. But that's why I say like, look at basic things like the word take the word vaccine. Why? Mm -hmm. Why have they changed the meaning of that word? You know, why have they changed the meaning of, of that word? So things like that, th then it gives you some sort of a, of a foundation um, that, you know, they're trying to take that, basically take that foundation away. From. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. But, and I like, I recovered the whole definition change as well as there was an article that uh, didn't use the word breakthrough infection at the time because they were starting to, you know, that was starting to break to the normies consciousness that these breakthrough infections are happening and people are getting sick. And I forget what they changed it to, but I drew the analogy to this was the power of, you know, double plus good in 1984. You simply limit <clears throat> and the censorship, all that ties into it. You limit the allowable discussion. You redefine the words. And then eventually people are left without the understanding to respond because you've put them in such a small box and the fear that they've drum up to push these people to follow these mandates that suppresses and lowers your immune response as well. So it puts them exactly. in a state yeah. where they're more likely to get sick. And it's just like people wake up. What it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. And I mean, the, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. And I don't, I, I, I don't know what the answer is other than um, to, you know, people, maybe, you know, we just need to go through this. And yeah. I mean, people are giving up that it's sad because people are happily, they're really happily giving up their freedoms. They're happily giving up their, their rights, you know, and they say, well, I'm going to get this vaccine so that I can be able to travel. But yeah. Go on the you trip. You should already, you know, you're giving, you're giving something up so that you can get it back again. I mean, that doesn't make sense. You know, it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense to do that. And you're never going to get it back again. You might for a moment. They might let that you think that you're getting it back for a moment, but but you will not. You will not get this back again. And um, I mean, it's like the, the, the um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and, you know, a, a big part of that is creating this economic environment where people don't have money, don't have the means to stand up for themselves and have to go along. Uh, you know, poor people, hungry people, whatever, are much, much easier to control. And as this uh, collapse unfolds, and I, I've been talking about this since COVID started, we're going to see this slow grind down and the wave will come in and it'll drop a bunch of crap on the beach and then the, the tide will go back out and you can go through and pick it clean. And one time, 
that was Hertz rental cars. And, and now the, the used car market is, has gone crazy because there's not enough. But at the time there was a surplus and that's when, you know, I'm told mom, go buy a new car if you want one. And she did. Um, I, we're going to see like successive waves of things just grinding down, uh, coming to a halt. And like two months ago, I was telling uh, my audience, I was showing them, look, here's the flat of tuna, canned tuna that I bought. Here's the flat of canned chicken that I bought. And they're like, oh, that's gross, whatever. It's like, if you have to eat this, you're not going to care. But, <laughs> you know, is, please be prepared. And, and I tried to tried to express that to them. You know, I was telling them about prepping a year and a half ago. So a lot of them listened. Mm-hmm. Most of them probably didn't, though. So uh, can't save them all. It's, it's hard in, in, in our, in, in, and, the, and the odd thing is, is that, I mean, cannot people f- figure this out, that, that the most advanced country in the world that's supposed to have the best of everything, and we've got the most deaths from COVID? I mean, China has like 4,500 deaths, and they've got how many, I I don't know, how many people they have off the top of my head? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, well, exactly, but people... Are you people are eating this information mm-hmm. like it, you know for their dinner? Um, I was actually I was living in Luxor, Egypt when this thing whole thing started. I, I was there. Uh, I've been living there for like a couple of years. You did a boxing school for girls too. I want you to talk about that if you get the <laughs> I do chance. Crazy, crazy things. I, I love so, that. I yeah. Love so that. I. <laughs> so I was just kind of like at a certain point. I you know my kids were raised. They were, bye, you know, have a nice life. I'll see you when I come back every so often to the country, you know, and they were, they're all good. And so I started traveling and uh, just with my, you know, backpack, my writing, mm-hmm. meeting up with uh, fellow fighters, martial artists, and, mm-hmm. you know, interesting people over the world. And I started a program called My World Project, which was connecting youth in far-flung places, um, you know, with one another, uh, kids, connecting them through art and writing okay. so it was a great project that i did i just did it just because i wanted to do it it wasn't like any big deal or anything you know like i just did it and so um and so i was in a luxor and i was going to do this project between a high school in los angeles and these kids there and then the you know the pandemic thing happened and it wasn't able but in the meantime uh, because i had set up i brought a boxing bag from home and had set this boxing bag up on my terrace you know where where i lived and so the kids would get curious about that and they started coming and you know peeking through the gate and all this kind of stuff and so i started teaching kids and then i started teaching i had like a couple of girls that i started teaching and i thought this was a pretty cool thing like I started finding out more about the culture and the horrific stuff that went on with, you know, with, with, um, you know, uh, with girls and women and the Mm -hmm. suppression, all, all these horrible things I won't get into now, but it really began to disturb me because I'd always thought Egypt was probably the most progressive of of all the countries. And I discovered that that really wasn't so anyway, so so in Egypt, basically if you give, if you, I actually paid not a lot, but I paid, uh, I had to make negotiations. I couldn't do it myself. I had to have a man do it for me. But I negotiated with some fathers in some of the villages that I could teach their daughters. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I started teaching these girls, and it was a delight. These girls, it was, I mean, the most incredible experience to see these girls, like you know, putting their wraps on, punching the bags, and mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And and it and actually, you know, it went it went well, as long as you know, as as long as you are. Um, 
as long as they feel like they're ripping you off, basically, you, they'll let you do something that you want to do. You know, you can do what you want to do. But I kind of had that figured out in my head. But um, but when the when the when this pandemic pandemic whatever you want to call it started, it was really interesting because I was in these villages where life was just going on as normal. And actually, Luxor was the kind of the epicenter of COVID in Egypt because there was this cruise ship where it was first discovered, and that cruise ship you know landed in Luxor, mm-hmm. and so that was like the center of where it all began. Um, so I was looking back at, I was started looking, that's when I started like really listening to the media and thinking, wait a minute, there's just this one narrative, bam, 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 this one thing that everybody's yeah. hearing. And I saw the fear of everybody back in this, to everybody hiding in their, in their houses, locking down, you know, and then all these, but, but these were, it was like, it, there was a, perf- a lot, they, these people didn't realize that most of the world cannot do that. You know, they're living, you're living in this, like in this, in this la la land, basically, where you're, you're, you're able to lock yourself down. You've got, yeah, there's a worker, hello, out there coming and delivering your food. And then people posting their pictures of sushi on, you know, oh my God, mm-hmm. look, I'm locked down and here's my sushi that I had to eat in my house, you know. In the meantime, in these villages, life is just, everybody's living life. They don't, who's, who? Can't, where are they going to lock down? Right. They're living on top of one another in villages with their grandparents in their home. Yeah, and if and and they're not on on social media twenty four seven. I mean, they do all have phones and stuff, but they don't take this seriously. Mm-hmm. So, so you didn't have the sense of, you know, if you had if I hadn't known that that was going on back in the United States, I wouldn't have known that anything was any different mm-hmm. in life. And I think. And then, you know, people, and people would get really like the, the left, like I had all these friends as a writer on the left, and they were really offended by me that I dared to, I mean, they didn't see their hypocrisy, Yes. you know, that they were defending this thing. And, and, and I was saying, you know, like, and then I said, you know, these people, they're all, they're suffering. Like the tourists, it was really interesting time because all the tourists left. So there I was, you know, I'm there with a few other, you know, very, not a lot of foreigners there, um, you know, riding my bike to the um, Valley of the Kings. It was the most incredible time that, that you could ever imagine um, in one way. And in, in another way, it was quite frightening. And I write, I've written a couple essays about it because I helped this other foreign woman actually stand up to a mob of violent men and we basically kind of like escaped out of Egypt at a certain point um, because that's a whole other story but it was an incredible time um, where there was this juxtaposition of the reality of life and then this Mm -hmm. whole narrative that had been Mm -hmm. built in this fake world that everybody had willingly locked themselves into and I'm like you know what I'm out in the world I'm walking in the world I'm I'm yes. like I'm free in the world I'm having tea with with the neighbor in the world in this you know the children are playing you know in the street you know running through you know so it was very very it was really so it, that really I think made an impression on me in a way that um, I think I still would have got it even if I'd been in the United States but it really brought it home to me in a very strong way. Yeah, I used the term captured by the propaganda 
And, you know, like I think of these people in this box or this room where all they see is the propaganda and they can't see what's on the other side of it. And at some point, they've just been persuaded by it through, you know, the fear and intimidation and the controls and so forth that we talked about that, like, they've just, t- that's that's why you have people that get vaccinated, they, they you know, Early on, they thought, oh, well, I'm protected now, and they still wore their mask, and so many of them had a problem with taking their mask off because they wanted a virtue signal to everybody else that, no, I'm, I'm part of this, yeah. this uh, propaganda paradigm. Yeah, that's the, um, the religious aspect of it, the, mm-hmm. you know, the abulation, the, the things that you go through to prove that, that you're worthy yes. <laughs> or that you... Um, you know that that you're that that you're going to be saved. Basically, you will be. You are one of the chosen ones. You know, and and you will be saved. And I don't know. I mean, I see. I don't know where how it is like where you live, but I mean, I'm in Arizona. I'm, I go back and forth between Arizona and Los Angeles. Okay. I feel the weight of heaviness when I go to yes. Los Angeles, and I feel weight lift off of me when I go to Arizona. So, um, uh, because here, like nobody's wearing a mask yeah, in the same stores here. or anything like that where I am. But in Los Angeles, actually I'm outside of Los Angeles so in Ventura County, so that's a little bit better. But, you know, crossing that border into Los Angeles is like crossing into, I don't know, Eastern Europe or something, mm-hmm. behind the Iron Curtain, you know, <laughs> where although my son is there and my son is a real, you know, independent spirit, great, and he's like, Mom, there's ways around this. You know, and I think for young people, they, you know, he's he's young and he's you know he's got the computers or, or like technology figured out, and he, and he's, he'll never like he'll probably be tortured before he would get vaccinated. So I'm very proud of him. Not that he would be tortured, but so I'm proud of down. him that I, he you that, know would take that stand. Yeah, I think that's but, where they um, want to go is mandatory vaccinations. Yeah. Exactly. And it's only people, you know, and, and I mean, you can't judge people because, look, if that's the way for you to feed your children, I have many friends, so many friends, they don't want, they didn't want to do this, but they did it. They mm-hmm. didn't want to lose their pension. They didn't want to lose their job. They didn't. And this is really, really horrific if you think about it. And the, and the thing is, is that they banking on people just buckling under the, you know, yes. this is what people do. Yes. You know, there you're not. You know, it's not like the movies where everybody stands up and rallies around, and you know, there's a lot of there's going to be big echo silence. You know, because I, I th- people are going to do yeah. what I, they're told. I think that's the power of of labeling this thing what it is a holocaust, because people like to look back and be like, how do they not do something? How do they not stop this? And I'm like, well, you're experiencing it right now. So ask your take a look in the mirror and ask yourself that question because. That's what's happening today. People are being uh, intimidated, threatened. They're using the media. And, of course, in Biden's uh, uh, Build Back Better bill or whatever it is, $1.68 billion for uh, local news and so forth that they're going to pay out over the next five years. So, you know, oh, it's independent media, but it's state-funded now. So how is that really any different? That, that, and that's what I mean by this corporate model. They, they are capturing these corporations through um, the regulations and through the uh, you know, favors and, and so forth that they're 
that they're giving them. But at the same time, the corporations are taking over the government and, and doing regulatory capture in reverse. So it's become this monster that uh, to us looks like, oh, yeah, those are separate and so forth. But behind the scenes, they're in bed together. Yeah, I think uh, I just checked something out here. I was going to. Yep. Um, I can bring something up if you'd like. No, I, I can find it, but yeah, I, and it, that gets back to the whole, you know, like they're printing printing this money up like crazy, and uh, you know, and and this whole thing, the transition to, um, you know, the 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 digital ID. And, okay, so I don't know. I, there's a really great uh, woman, Melissa Kume. She's a, she's a financial investor from Northern Ireland. So in my latest essay, which I call, uh, I call the, the Chinification of the Western world, which kind of makes some people angry that I would dare use that word, but it's actually true. Um, so she explained it, very, she has a video, she explains it really well. She says that um, in order to keep, I'm kind of paraphrase her, but in order to keep the game going, they must do a complete financial reset because the system has failed. Mm -hmm. uh, they either in trouble. The financial system is in collapse. They do not want to give up their positions of power. They will never give them up. Okay, so um, from 1971 onwards, we have been in a debt-based economy. It has now collapsed under its own weight. The only solution is to transition to credit system, which we've already been doing. Yes, yeah, we're all used to this. You know, we're used to this, um, and where printed money becomes obsolete. So while we have been locked in our homes, this is my part, while we've been locked in our homes, terrified of what monsters await us in the outside world, the elite have been busy buying up all the actual assets. Mm -hmm. And a central bank digital currency is the end game along with totalitarian control. In order to bring in a central bank digital currency, you need a digital ID. In order to bring in a digital ID, you need these COVID passports under the guise of health and safety. They must get, this is the key, they must get everyone to accept these digital passports. Yes. And in fact, there's a study from MIT funded by Bill Gates, these um, dot, um, um, dot, uh, um, oh, I know the little tattoos, patch you know, thing, yeah, yeah and that's in my essay too. So, so, so that, to, and they want to, to insert these into children. Well, they're saying it's for all the poor children of the world that don't, you know, because they don't have pa paper, whatever. So that, so it's so much better to put it into their skin. How easy is that? Then they can just read it right off their skin. Mm -hmm. Well, they obviously, this is what they want to do for every, everyone. And it sounded, uh, this was a conspiracy theory not that long ago well but it's not and you know these conspiracy theories are coming true so well let me tell you about cbdc's a little bit because during uh the pandemic under when trump was still in uh there were two bills that got put forth related to digital wallets when they were trying to push the stimulus through you know they were trying to push the digital wallet by using by piggybacking on the stimulus checks and the Treasury put out, or, or sorry, I think the Republicans put out a bill that would give the U.S. Treasury the power to um, print and issue these CBDCs. And then a couple weeks later, the Democrats came out and put out a bill that said the Federal Reserve should be the ones creating and issuing these CBDCs. And uh, that they would force their branding on the commercial banks. So the commercial banks would have to integrate uh, all the way down to the consumer 
with the Federal Reserve and show the Federal Reserve's banking so it, or a logo on, you know, you log into your banking app and you see, oh, it's the it's the Fed dollars or e-coin, you know, from uh, whatever that movie was, I, I'm, uh, Mr. Robot. And like that's been going on. And then shortly after that, FinCEN decided that they wanted to require KYC AML. I don't know if you know what that is, but know your customer anti-money laundering laws to basically uh, index and catalog all your customers and record their transactions for us. And they wanted to do that for any transaction over $600, I think. Right, which is, exactly, yeah. Now that's come back with Biden, but they were trying to do that same thing on the enforcement side through the FinCEN's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. Uh, they were pushing that with the Federal Reserve, and I wrote a lengthy essay absolutely destroying their position that they all had to read. Um, <laughs> and I'm still here somehow, but that, that, that's been going <laughs> oh, on. I feel really, I'm so lucky that I'm able to speak to you now because you never know. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there is this power struggle, power play happening, and what they're trying to do is have the ability to tell you when you can spend the money where you can spend the mm -hmm. money. You got to be in your quarantine zone, Karen. You can't leave there and spend this right now. Oh, and sorry, you're only allowed $500 a day for your carbon credits. And by the way, yep. we're just going to pull the taxes right out of your account. And if you do something wrong, we can lock you out of the financial system and basically unplug you from mm -hmm. society. And like, that's exactly. where they want to take it. And, and it's, we have this epic struggle coming about where the economy is going to crash. They're going to try and come forth with their new solution. And this is something this guy, Cliff High, which you probably don't know the reference, but he's been, I've been following him for, I don't know, 20 years or something. He's been, he had web crawlers that would go out and collect data from the internet and look in like a gardening forum. And he would find high emotional words like murder where you wouldn't see, oh, these uh, weeds are murder on my hands or something like that. <clears throat> and he would track these changes over time and all these patterns would emerge. He did it initially to uh, rig the stock market and was looking at Sun Microsystems, which was back in the 90s, a uh, computer company. And he started getting all this sun disease, corona. The sun has a corona and, and uh, 1.2 <laughs> billion people die off. And, you know, all these things. And he's had these various WebBot hits that, just are blow the the idea that he's just getting lucky every now and then completely out of the water like uh you know one of them was he had this section called blonde on boats where there was this mysterious blonde involved with legal matters uh the ships of state breaking up uh, on the rocks and and we I, we read this paragraph and i thought it was about the european economic collapse and what it ended up being was costa concordia the captain took this blonde up to showboat and laid the ship on its side. It broke open. The decks on that ship were named after the countries of Europe. So that's where the ships of state breaking up on the rocks. And so he's what he sees happening is this whole thing collapses. Silver goes to $600 an ounce. Gold goes crazy, you know, 10,000 plus or something. The dollar fails, hyperinflates. But we have cryptocurrency. 
And like, that's the wild card here that's being laid on the table this time around. We're going to have an option other than the gruel that they want to feed us that's to further enslave us. And so what his data shows is that they come out with something and it kind of doesn't work and goes away. And then they come out with something else and it kind of doesn't work and goes away and then nothing replaces it. And of course, the it's because everyone's using crypto. There is no centralized system. And that, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I think the opportunity here is to evolve society beyond these mechanisms that require a monopoly on violence in order to implement ideas. And I think we're, I, I hope that we can evolve into a world that has these checks and balances without resorting to violence and force against others. Yeah, that would be great. And I, I mean, I, I, I hear all that you're saying and I think, yeah, I know that a lot of very highly intelligent people, much more knowledgeable than me for sure, have a lot of hope in this. And, and, and I, and I, you know, and I hope that it, um, that it works out that way. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think that there will, whatever it is that happens, there's going to be, um, some hard years ahead. I think one of the things, yeah, there's going to be some hard years. And I think like, I think that, um, you know, it's interesting if you talk to like younger people, um, that have been like the world, like we still remember a world where this wasn't, it wasn't like this, but they don't, you know, they're like, this is their world. And, um, and they capture, they're, they're so able to capture people or these young people with the, with the, with the technology, with, with all of this. And with, you know, like in my day, in my day, it was um, young people fought against the government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you were, you rebelled. Um, but it's really interesting that young people, they're not rebelling. They're not rebelling against this. And that, that's a kind of an interesting thing that's, that's happening. And I don't really know. I, I have a friend who goes back and forth to China and was telling me what it's like in China. And if that's any indication of what it's going to be like here, um, it's pretty incredibly hor- horrific. Yeah. Although, you know, all the people like... It probably, you know, if you go to China, you you don't see like here. You see people, uh, you know, start uh, homeless on the street. You see, you know, it's not like that. Everybody's taken care of in China. So, like, that's pretty much the premise of my next the, like the essay that, that just came out. It's like the world. They have made the world so scary and so dangerous, even for young people. If you talk to like, if I talk to parents or you know, grandparents, they say, you know, they're, they're, they're 13 year old, like this 13 year old girl. She, even when she leaves school, she will not take her mask off. Mm -hmm. She will keep her mask on until she gets home. And then she will take it off and she will go on her, you know, uh, devices and listen to the YouTube influencers. And the bizarre thing about it is, is that rather than, you know, going out and, like petting her cat, she watches this person. Pet her, yeah. That she, yeah, she follows pet 
her cat. Uh-huh. It's a weird thing. Like I've, I, I've my looked into this a lot. My daughter watches the, the um, I forget one of the families, but like they build block houses and they do these stupid little skit things and she loves it. And I'm like, yeah. why don't, well, let's build yeah. a fort. So that's, that's what we do. But it's yeah, really, it, really, yeah. And, and little kids and little kids, they love to watch somebody on the, in the computer putting together a toy. Mm-hmm. They're not playing with the toy. They're watching somebody else, you know, put together the toy. Yeah. So, so if you take this, you know, like this is what, if, if you look at it in the bigger context of what the, this is um, leading to, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty, like, it's really kind of weird and crazy and frightening. On the other hand, maybe it is also a way uh, that, that's taking us somewhere, I don't know, to another level as, as human beings or something. I, I mean, I don't really know. It's, you, it's hard to tell, but okay. yeah. Are, are you familiar with the uh, fourth turning and that whole theory? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the it, fourth turning. Um, it's a book. Um, it's pretty good. The I listened halfway through it and then they or I, I think I listened to the book and enjoyed it. And it's the idea that we go through these 80 year cycles with four sections. And it's something like, um, uh, strong men create strong times or create good times. Good times, create weak men, weak men, create bad times, bad times, create strong men. And at the end of every one of these four cycles, there's a major war. So of course the last one was world war II roughly 20 years apiece. And so these are like seasons. And I think we're in that weak men uh, creating bad times. And what's going to come out of this is these kids are going to be like shaken awake and shown here's what's really important. It's not what's in the black mirror right there in front of you. And a lot of them are going, going to emerge to be the leaders of the next generation. And that's really, and I think it'd be, I think that's really fascinating. And I think that um, that could very well be. And, you know, this whole push to be, um, you know, uh, towards uh, transhumanism and, mm-hmm. and all of this, you know, is it good? Is it, is it bad? Is it, you know, I mean, all of that, you know, we don't really know. I mean, like Elon Musk says, you know, in order to, in order to, again, to go into space, to if we want as a species to really uh, progress, we do need, to, you know, we can't live there as our body, like our bodies as right. it is now. We do have to transform ourselves. We, we, this is inevitable. It has to happen or we will, you know, or we will not survive. So, um, so yeah, so, and, and, and it could be like, you know, any, like the expanse, you know, the, the series. Love that show. Yeah. You love know, it. Where, I mean, yeah, I do too. I mean, Hey, honestly, you know, I'm not like, I mean, I wish I lived in that world, you know, I think that would be so cool and maybe it'd be great to have enhancement, you know, to be able to enhance yourself in certain ways. I don't know. But, but again, the further that we go down this road of either, you know, the more power and abilities that we have, you know, are we really able to, I guess the balance just becomes that much higher. You know, there, there still has to, we still have to somehow maintain that balance. I, I, I think there's civilizations of, of that like, I, I think there's other civilizations out there that have come to this kind of nexus and some of them have gone a spiritual route where they kind of connect to their mm-hmm. spirituality and do things with their mind and others that have chosen the technology route 
where they manipulate oh, the world you're around so them. Right, I so and I, agree with like, you. That's yeah. the billionaires. They're so disconnected from who they are that they fear dying and don't understand they're this infinite, eternal being that's exactly. chosen to limit its experience to here in the materium, so that we can develop who we are and go through these struggles and understand what it means to live through a, a Holocaust or fight in a war or, you know, be a mom or, you know, whatever it is. And I, I think like, yeah, that's and, what and it's and about. Those are like these, like, you know, the nerdy guys that, that were in their basements, you know, watching porn and, you know, playing video games, you know, they kind of took over the world and now they want to put us all into the basement, you know, and they can fly off to space, you know, that's yeah. kind of like what's, what's happening. But, um, but that's a funny, that's a perfect thing. Like, I didn't even know if I was going to talk about this, but I actually have just pu had published with Terra House Press my first science fiction book. Oh, cool. And it's called Luminaria. Yeah, it's called Luminaria for anyone who's interested. It's not, it's not, not anything like my essays. It's got like, Drugs, sex, violence—like like you name it—it's it's science fiction, okay? But um, but it is because I'm very fascinated again with this balance and what you were talking about when we made that decision as a species, whatever, to take that route of technology of the material rather than the spiritual. You know, we went a certain direction and we're like like we've committed that way as you say and so i kind of have in this i kind of explore that in the in this book there's these you know there's two worlds there's oh there you go you got yeah. it there yeah awesome you're so smart <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's these so there's uh, the world of oron and the world of earth and they kind of like um anyway and it's all take it's it, it it's it's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of drama it's a short book but it's got a lot in it mm -hmm. and then i'm supposed to write another one cool. so Ugh, I'm kind of, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so this is a big theme for me and I totally agree. And, and the funny, and the weird thing is, is like maybe like, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, if they, if, if the government had released that, well, there's, what do they call it now? It's not UFOs. They call it, uh, what do they call uh, it now? UAP, it's not UFOs. Unidentified Aerial U Phenomenon. UAP, yeah. You're a phenomenon. They had to change the name because, you know, that's associated with, you know, people don't wouldn't take it seriously. They, well, so. no, and they wanted to hide from FOIA requests as well. <laughs> that so, was a big part so, of it. So, okay. Yeah, so, so if they had come out with this, imagine, like, when I was, um, you know, when the Star Wars movies were out or, or I don't know, 2001 Space Odyssey, all mm -hmm. these incredible, you know, films that were made about uh, science fiction. Everybody, this would have been like the biggest news ever. Yeah. Wow, wait a minute. There's, and it did not even make, I mean, nobody cared. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, I mean, this is a really bizarre thing. It's almost like everybody's, like if the aliens landed tomorrow, everybody would just go, oh, COVID. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, hello. Uh, we could go here if you. I, I mean, if if we're getting off too far off the beaten path for you here, that's fine. Just let me know. But like, I think uh, that there might be. Well, ETs. I have a big imagination, so <laughs> okay. I, I I think there might be ETs driving this agenda that live here. That we're mm -hmm. part of some kind of planetary wide experiment, and they've decided to call the human race to kind of take it in a different direction. I mean, I, I like, Why I don't not? know that that's what's happening, but I can't rule it out. And, you know, I listened to Dr. Linda Moulton Howell and, as well as Stephen Greer. I think they're two of the best mm -hmm. 
out there, you know, best in class. They disagree on some things, but they just do fantastic work with the people that they bring forth and the evidence and things that they present. And they're, you know, like Linda Moulton house had whistleblowers that are retired and on their deathbed. And they, they heard about, you know, they saw something, an ET or a craft or whatever. And they're like, I'm sure this will be out in five or 10 years or whatever. They'll tell everybody. And here they are on their deathbed and they're like, I I don't know why I don't know what's going on, but it's because they're never going to tell us because you think about it. The technology is free energy that these craft are working on. And I mean, it's, Uh it's so far advanced. Bob Lazar talks about it as if you could today take a a nuclear reactor and take it back to the Victorian age and drop it off with them. They don't even know what radioactivity is. Uh, It would be pretty disastrous. Like that's the technology. That's how far in advance their technology is. And they've cracked that nut. And I think they're using it uh, with this breakaway civilization. Well, if, if free energy, if that secret ever gets out to the masses, uh, why do I need roads? Uh, What good is your passport going to be when I can hop in my little spacecraft and zip over to Japan to meet a friend for lunch? Like what, what good are your passport and immigration controls They're They're, you know, Oh, you want to come at me with your weapons or whatever. All right. I've got a EM gun that accelerates these BBs at Mach three that will tear right through your armor. It, it puts everybody on a level playing field. It renders so many of their control mechanisms and paradigms obsolete. That's why I think they're never going to let that secret out. That it's going to, it's going to be forced out. And, you know, going back to Cliff High, that's one of the things he talks about. There's so much bribe money, hush money, keeping those secrets when that runs out because the dollar fails, just like we saw in the Soviet Union, you get these scientists and things that have this crazy tech and these state secrets and so forth that come out and sell them because they need to eat. And so that's another thing that his data has shown for years is that we're going to emerge into this sci-fi world as this tech, as these secrets are revealed and uh, humanity is going to enter into a new kind of uh, golden age with this, with this tech. Yeah, it's quite possible. I don't see why that's, I mean, that's not, I don't think that's, that's anything um, that's far out about that at all. Why not? I mean, do we really think that we're the center of the universe? I mean, no. you, know, you know, my dad had a way, no. my dad had this great um, story that he would tell us is, you know, people like us exploring space, you know, we make it to the moon or whatever. He said, it's like an ant who crawls up on a blade of grass yeah. and says, I'm exploring the world. And he's the not universe. even gotten out, out of, he hasn't even gotten out of the backyard. Right. You know, he doesn't know where he is even, you know, right. he doesn't, he has no concept of this little ant. You know, that's sort of like what we are. I mean, look at, um, you know, with their space race, um, Bezos, and, and I'm sure there's so much that we don't know. And maybe right. this is all a show put on for us. Sometimes I feel like that, you know, like we've got Bezos and is. Musk and their little bat war, and their little space race, you know, getting, and they've got these like penis shaped rockets that they're shooting up into into space, you know, and they're like, oh, we're going to get it off the ground. We're going to get it off the ground, you know, and then we've got, and then we've got these. We do love our phallic symbols, okay? and this is not, but, but I mean, yeah, it works, you know, but it's so like the, like the men, you know, the thinking is so you can see how limited yeah. that thinking I, is. I think NASA has been a, the, a stage show really, because you have like, um, yeah. 
I forget the the British guy who had uh, Asperger's syndrome that uh, logged in, hit all the IPs in the NASA network with uh, the default username and password, which they used an image to image all the computers and didn't change the administrator password to the machine. So he got into all of them. And he was downloading pictures of cigar-shaped US UFOs taken from above over the mm -hmm. United States. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, if they knew about and that, the that in they the moved, 80s. Huh? Yeah. Sorry. I mean, anyway, the way that they move is so, yes. like, as you say, it's beyond our what we could ever understand yeah. at this point. So, um, Electrogravitic. Uh, do you I, want to see if anybody from the audience wants to jump in and... Sure. Okay. Well, uh, if you guys want to uh, jump in and say something, signal that on the app, hit the little mic button in the bottom. This is for people on Twitter spaces and I will uh, bring you on. And so we'll give them a minute to queue up. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, who knows what's, what's coming and what's going to emerge. Uh, like, like you say, I, I, I'm telling my audience three to four years of, of tough times to get through and um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. prepare for it as best you can. There's no avoiding this ship breaking up on the rocks at this point. Yeah. Get out into the country. Mm -hmm. <laughs> get out of the city if you can. Um, yeah. But that's the one thing is like in, in a, you know, in, in, in these villages and I've lived in a few villages I lived in actually in when it was Yugoslavia. I lived in a village in Yugoslavia in the '80s, and lived uh, in a village in uh, when I was a kid in uh, France and in Switzerland. And you know, when you live, you, you're not going to starve when you live in a village. You know, you're you're you might not be getting Amazon food delivered, but you're going to get some vegetables, and you're going to get you know the milk from the cow, and you're going to get yeah. you know you're going to be able to um, take care of yourself. Um, and if it, you live out of the city, but if you live in the city, you're so dependent. It's a, it's a food desert system, and it, you know? to survive, it takes a community. It's not an individual effort or like you and one other, it's going to take, you know, 20, 30 people working together to, to help each other make it through. And, um, yeah, people have a lot, lot to learn. Okay. We've got, uh, LOL. Welcome to the show. Unmute yourself. Hit the little mic button and uh, let us know what's on your mind. How are you guys? Great. Hey. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for the show. It's uh, you know it's it's been great and been learning a lot. Um, so I I hate to you know I mean um, I don't want to touch on COVID, but this was this is why I kind of uh, I came on. I I think the way things are going, Sam, uh, especially with the new fear porn around this new variant. I, I mean, everywhere from what I've been seeing on social media, I don't know if that's just because I'm in a bubble on social media. I just think, I just think people are, I don't know. I just feel like people have had enough. I, I don't think it could be pushed that much longer. I mean, we were talking, you guys were talking about the whole, you know, passport thing tied with the CBDC. And I just, I just, I don't see it getting that I just, I just I feel like that would be so hard to push I don't know I just feel like people would finally put their feet down and say fuck no like I just and and it'll just entirely blow up the whole thing I I mean do you really think it can get to that like that draconian that drastic I just don't think it can I, I, mean, I think I'm they're gonna it doesn't I, I think they're gonna try because they don't have 
any other option? I mean, the, the gallows is plan B for them. Uh, Karen, what, like, what do you think is going to be the breaking point? Well, if you, I mean, and first of all, another thing, like, uh, we don't know what's true and what isn't. We don't know what information we're being fed is true and what isn't. We don't know even how many people have really taken this vaccine or not. So, and, and the weird thing is like, even with these mandates, like in the United States, um, you know, the, the courts are saying it's, it's not, um, you know, we, we cannot have these mandates mm-hmm. and yet they're still doing it. Like whatever, right. whatever is said to disprove things or to say this cannot happen or whatever, it still happens anyway. No matter how many things are brought out about Dr. Fauci, that he should not be standing up there in front of the entire world, dictating to the entire world what should be done. He's still standing there doing that. It's, it's, it is unbelievable. It's unbelievable that this is happening because it all seems insane. But, um, but it keeps happening. And, and I think that one of the things is getting people to take these vaccines. Like I said, if, you, if indeed millions upon millions upon millions of people have taken these vaccines, the further that they can get you to go down that road, the more dependent you become. Right. So, so for people who are, you know, like us, who think like we're like uh, maverick thinkers or whatever, like, you know, I'm never going to take that vaccine. You know, we, and, and we have to think. Most people, yeah, most people are not, are not like that. They're going to follow the road of least resistance. Mm-hmm. Yes, at a certain point, people might say, but like I said, like if you look at these, vac- even the vaccine, it's um, if you look at it like this, this vaccine, this mRNA vaccine, it's like a team, a football team, and you've got one player and, and you've taken that one player and it's doing this one thing to defend against this one thing. Mm-hmm. If you keep doing that at a certain point, you know, you're going to get rid of people's natural immunity. It's sort of like, you know, we, we've built, and I, and I do a lot of, I did a lot of research into this, into like um, drug addiction and the, and how we've all accepted, we are a culture of drug druggies yeah you know we we accept we have accepted this how many drugs that we take and we accept this within our culture and this was that's why it was so easy for them to get us to accept or to Mm -hmm. get most people to accept and people need to to recognize that these pharmaceutical companies just because they're legitimized by the government they're still drug cartels i mean they go out and do these things that are illegal immoral and ethical they pushed the whole they lied to doctors to push this narrative that opioids weren't addictive all of a sudden and then hooked a bunch of people on them and then had to shut that down and then turned them out to the streets and created the whole fentanyl thing people are dying because they wanted to make billions of dollars and it's happening again and like now they're preparing yeah. heart medication for kids and everything else. And it's just like, where does it end? These people, it, it was like, like you're talking about, you know, I just want to say, it's like you were talking about earlier with, you know, from the, uh, the Amazon show, um, Goliath, he's okay. just Goliath, lost yeah. all connection mm-hmm. with morals. I mean, this is how, like in, in Afghanistan, you've got, you know, you, you know, that 90% of opium comes, that, that feeds Europe, yeah. comes from Afghanistan. Yeah. Does that stop? I mean, no. this is one of the things oh, that we also up. have to accept. After as the a, U.S. As a, invaded, it exactly, went up. Exactly, of course it did. So, so, so we have to accept as a culture that we, peop, we the people, are in, je- we, if there wasn't a market for this, yeah. it wouldn't be there you know we we do love our drugs in the western world Mm -hmm. we 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 are a market for this propaganda i think that's a part of it 
And are people willing to give up this? Are people willing to give it up? No, they, you know, we build a habit for so long. And so that's, uh, it's a long answer, but I mean, I would hope, yes, that that's true, that people will say that's it, enough is enough. But, uh, but th that will be also a big um, bloodbath. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, you know <laughs> I, I think it's going to fail and people are going to be just left out in the cold. Uh, LOL, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm with you on this one, guys. I, I really hope people start to realize it's not natural to take two, then take another dose and, yeah. or another booster and then another booster and then three more. Mm -hmm. I think I think maybe another booster or two. And then I think people are going to be like, OK, I, I don't think I've ever had to take that many boosters for prior immunizations that I used to take as a kid. Or I mean, I hope that starts to ring in people's skulls. But I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, I hope so, too. I and I think what's happening there is um, when you get the injection and Fauci was out touting this like, oh, it does a major boost. It, it boosts the first time, it boosts more the second time, and then it really boosts by several factors with the booster shot. So it's it, your immunity is great. What he doesn't tell you is that after six months or you know into week 43, 45, that boost is gone and you don't just go back to zero where you were before vaccination. You become more likely to uh, get infected and get ill. And now your these spike proteins are going in to the nucleus of the cell, inhibiting DNA repair. They're shutting down your toll-like receptors, three, four, seven, and eight, shutting off your body's immune response to cancer and viruses. We're seeing these outbreaks of herpes, of uh, HPV, of uh, any shingles, lots of people are getting shingles from this thing. Uh, you've got doctors seeing all of these kinds of rare cancers and so forth. And then there's all the blood clots and the neurological disorders and everything else. This thing is, uh, it's so deadly. I, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but did you want to add anything? Yeah. And, but, and what, yeah. And what they'll do is, you know, the beauty of what they're doing is because, uh, because they keep changing the definition. It's like, it, they, it can never actually be blamed. Like it's a slippery, yes. the truth yes. is, you know, it's slippery. You, you can never actually blame the vaccine because, yes. you know, there's all these other things. It's like this slippery slope that you've, that you, and you, at a certain point you're going down the, this hill so fast that, you know, you can't stop. I mean, they're talking about, you know, these same types of injections for, Every, all different types of illnesses yeah. and they're going to convince yeah. people that they they've you know they already convinced people you can't you know the level of depression of somebody who lives in a village is not any different than you know like the, the the worries that they face is not any different than the worries that you face somewhere else but they don't know that they need to take xanax <laughs> you know they, they don't know that they have you know that, that they oh i can't sleep at night no actually you just can't sleep at night that's it. You just can't sleep at night. There, there's no f fix for that. You know, this is a problem that you have that you have to do. You know, no, I have to fix that problem. I have to fix it now. And this is what our culture is. So we already have this in our minds that we have to fix everything. We have to fix it. it there the has pill. to be, I pill. can't be unhappy. It's I can't be, be unhappy being unhappy. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and, and we've been doing this and doing this and doing this. And, um, and so, you know, th this, th this is just a, a, an extension of, of that madness. Mm -hmm. Not that, 
you know, I mean, not, I mean, there's good things about medicine, I'm not saying. And there are people who need medication and, and all of this. I mean, I'm not denying that. But the insanity of the level of, um, you know, the, where we've taken this is, is crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. Christoph, why don't you unmute yourself and join us and let us know what you'd like to say. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep, gotcha. Okay, that's that's interesting because I'm uh, out in the middle of nowhere in Thailand having a walk. Oh, nice. Um, and nice. Yeah, it's very nice. <laughs> and uh, and the reason for, for calling in was just to the, the relate of technology. to what Karen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, um, but also to relate to what Karen was saying about about Egypt, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So. Just a few days ago in my garden, I was, uh, and I posted this on my, on my Twitter feed, um, that I uh, had, a, had an encounter with uh, a cobra in my garden, and it, it, was, it, was, it was exciting, and I had to make decisions about how to act uh, within that space. And as I thought about it more, uh, it just, sorry, I'm going up a hill now, so I'm a little up. <laughs> Let me stop a moment. Catch your breath, As I yeah. thought about it more, it kind of got me thinking about how these technology platforms are becoming, of course, become the arbiter of our reality. Yeah. And they are dictating to us how we need to feel about our yes. situation. And we are not relating to what we see around us in anywhere near the way that we would without these... Uh, constant barrage of information coming in, Mm -hmm. telling us what our reality is, as opposed to actually experiencing that reality firsthand. And and I think it starts uh, with the schools, like pushing this narrative that uh, the state is the, the, like, that's what it is. They don't teach you how to balance a checkbook or invest in the stock market or start a business. They teach you how to be a good citizen and, you know, buy into the paradigm. That's it's 12 years of training to buy into the paradigm. And also, you know, I, I wrote it. One of the first pieces that I wrote is called uh, Happily Slipping into Our Straight Jackets. And it is about the history of drugging and how we now mm-hmm. so easily are drugging our children. Yeah. And the whole thing with Ritalin, you know, how kids, you know, they would put all these children on Ritalin. And, and I interview, I talk to a lot of children and I talk about all of that. But one of the things that I say is, oh, everybody loves, what's the, what's the, what's the ideal, the most idealistic boy in all of American literature tom sawyer yeah huck finn you know if you read that that book you and exactly what you're talking about guy in thailand i don't remember what your christoph. name was <laughs> dry christoph climbing up the hill that's fantastic i'm jealous but um you know he, 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 he's described in his you know all he does is like he just misbehaves all the time yeah. he skips school his and there's no, throws up her hands there's nothing he can do there the perfect example of of you know childhood you know mm-hmm. well if and I, as i say is if he was alive today you know he'd be they'd be drugged up the wazoo he'd be on ritalin you know he would probably have already spent a bunch of time in in juvenile hall 
you know, he's not, you know, all of this. And so we, exactly as you're saying, you know, to live life, to live it, to, to feel the earth beneath your feet, you know, to, you know, to think, to, to convince children that it's better to live in this, you know, to, to, because you will be safe, you know, God forbid, you know, parent, uh, you know, go go outside you might get you know there's a there's a drug dealer on every corner there's a you know uh, it's, it's pinocchio walking you know he's going to be taken off to the you know so you need so you're much safer if you live inside of this virtual you know this world stay inside we can keep you safe and this is all but this is not living you know this is not life so yes well it's the life they want to they want to box us into i think christoph did yeah. you have any more thoughts um, yeah, if I could just add a little more Certainly. to that, because I mean, I, I have I, I have lived here on and off for about twenty years, um, and I have recently, I would say, escaped from the UK. Uh, just three weeks ago, I managed to find a little uh, loophole whilst they were not. Um, let's say I got I got through without having been injected, uh, and I'm I'm here without having been injected. <laughs> Very so good. I feel quite proud of that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I don't think that I don't think that I'm going to get that loophole again, but that's another story. Anyway, um, so so this is yeah, this is a this the thing the thing that's slightly interesting also here is it's a very collectivist society. So they have their mask mandate rolled out to them, and every well, well, I would say ninety eight percent of the people are wearing their masks everywhere. Uh, and so I'll be, I'm walking along the road and there's people driving past me at high speed with no helmet on, but with a mask strapped on their face. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and, and I guess this kind of, I'm okay with this because, because over my time here, I know that these are crazy people. They do this kind of stuff. There's all, you know, I've lived through military coups here and they'll just say, okay, you can't buy uh, groceries between two o'clock in, in the afternoon and four o'clock in the afternoon. And they all just go, okay. And they, you know, so I'm, I'm outside my culture looking at the craziness and I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with that. When I was back in my culture, uh, I, I could barely, I could barely cope with being in that environment because it, just it hits home, ripping me apart, yeah. seeing how, how, how other people were, weren't, weren't, you know, people that they they as individuals were not thinking critically, as far as I could tell, and it just it just broke my heart. So I had to come to the place where the people I know they're all crazy. Apart from, and I'll finish it on this, I guess. Apart from the really, really, um, I don't want to use the word primitive. That's the wrong word. No, I would say really poor people people who live in the tin huts and stuff there's like this very slim section right down the bottom who really don't give a shit they're happy and a lot of i can go walking around without my yeah i can go walking around without my mask like farmers mostly like farmer type people i'll go walking around without my mask on and they'll smile at me and it's and we can kind of communicate a strange kind of knowing smile that this is all (laughs) fucking bullshit excuse me um yeah yeah I've, had, I've given that same know. look in the grocery store over the last couple of years when i see you know uh, months ago when i was the one in a hundred I, I was the one in a hundred on the front end karen 
that was wearing an N95 before we knew what this was. And everybody was looking at me like I'm some weirdo in the grocery store. And then I learned, okay, I need to be taking vitamin C and D within a few weeks after I had time to look at it. And then I stopped wearing the mask and everybody started wearing the mask. And when you see somebody, it's like, <laughs> just hear this off mm, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Christoph, was yeah, that all you had? I mean, that is so... just, yeah. just the final sentence on this. It's like, it, it, it's kind of, it's interesting to resonate with these people where I come with a whole um, universe, let's say, of information about yeah. the technology and what I think is going on, whereas they're just coming at it from, we're just simple people, we live this way, why, why would Leave me alone? What, you know, I mean, they get, they get on a very basic level. Why would you want, you're out in the open in the middle of the tropics. Why do you want to cover up your face so that you can't see and smile at each other and communicate with this huge yeah. section of your face, which is so very important in relating to other people? Agree. Um, you know, I mean, I've got plenty more to say, but another time. Okay, I appreciate you uh, sharing you. your thoughts. Uh, Karen, is there anything you wanted to add there? It sounds like you were about to... Yeah, it's just, it's, it's really true because, you know, like, and I, I left Egypt under some pretty dire circumstances, but now I really miss it. I mean, sometimes I just, I could, I could deal with the, like the, with, with the, like the uh, scary men uh, better. I think I can deal with them fine. I just can't deal with this with what's going on here so i understand exactly what you're saying you go into a different culture and you know and it's funny because they're the uh i mean they just it's the same kind of thing it's like they just don't care now there's things that they do that you know within the culture that that i disagree with that that drive me crazy but you know that's everywhere there's always going to be something like sure. that so yeah so i get it what exactly what you're saying Christoph. yeah okay <laughs> well we've covered a lot um what else i, I want to let me show people your blog here because i've got that up first off here no i thought i had you up okay i'll find that in a minute but here's your blog uh break free with karen hunt if yeah. you guys want to uh plug that into google that will find it and she's got yeah, it's sub substack substack okay uh -huh. on substack yep uh how, how do you say k-h-m-e-z-e-k yeah, K H Mejak, Mejak. That's my other name. K H Mejak. That's my Slovenian, Slovenian name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm very bad with some of these words. <laughs> okay, so you've got a number of different stories that I think people will love, uh, and I, you know, like I've certainly. Oh wait, button. There we go. There you are. Um, I've enjoyed this. I figured we'd have a you know, like a really interesting conversation and didn't need to plan a lot out and we just kind of go anywhere. Um, what kind of, what else do you want to, anything else, final thoughts that you want to convey to the audience about, you know, where we're heading, what we're going through, anything along those lines? Uh, I, I just, I, I hope, you know, I, I, I encourage people to, you know, read my essays or not, or if you don't just, this is what I encourage people to do. I encourage people to take some time, uh, get some book, read some books, take some time, quiet time away from all of this. Mm -hmm. uh, and just some time where you, because our minds are, you know, and this is like my martial arts training speaking, but um, you, you know, you, you, we need to 
uh, rest our minds because we are all constantly. Um, I used to. I I started a creative writing program in juvenile hall in Los Angeles for incarcerated okay. youth in 1996. And one, one of the first young men, and these were, they were called high, I say this really quickly, they were called high risk offenders and they were facing life sentences for serious crimes. And through writing, they were able to sort of reflect on their lives. And one young man is part of, in a gang, he wrote this beautiful piece. It's in one of my essays called Clouds. And he said, there he is in, you know, pri- basically in this horrible juvenile hall. It's a, ter- it was, it's a terrible place. And he's looking out the barred window and he says, when he started reflecting and thinking and writing and you know, reflecting within himself, he started looking through the window. He saw the clouds and started wondering, what, where, what is that cloud? How many, where did it, how did it get here? Where is it going? Who else will see that cloud? You know, he started reflecting out, you know, farther away from, from just this world that he was in. Whereas yeah. before, all he focused on was the frame and the gang writing on the frame of the window. Oh. So we're, we are, you know, this information that, that is being thrown at us constantly, if we just can sort of sometimes just let it go, say, let it pass like the clouds in the yeah. sky and just sort of take some moments for peace. And we will get through this yeah. <laughs> together. I, I, I couldn't I agree pray. more. Yeah. You know, like I went to the farm with my family and built my daughter this TP and, and really kind of got away from social media for a few days and just spent time with her and did family stuff and, and that sort of thing. And I'm reminded of, of Victor Frankel's book, you know, one of the like key takeaways from, for me in reading that mm-hmm. was he could tell when people were about to die, like you could see it in their eyes. Mm-hmm. They just gave up and they, you know, the government, the state, totalitarian, they can control you physically, but you always control your mind. And that's a, that's an important lesson for people to understand. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Karen, very much enjoyed this. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, we'll uh, talk at you later. All right. I got to hit a button here. There we go. What do I do now? Oh, hold on Just remember, second. it's hard sometimes to remember. I got zero doubt my man brain, you keep calling me insane. Uh, Every single day more XRP is what I obtain. No more cash, no more cars, only QR codes. No more proof of work, we running validated nodes. This is the life that I chose. They look at the cons, I look at the pros, I'm always bullish on the shows. Now you wanna ask about XRP, I am not telling. Now you want some of my XRP? I am not selling, it's not for sale. Honestly, I just wish you well, cause I'm XRP for well. I'm XRP for life and that's forever, can't you tell? I just keep on buying, why they telling me to sell? The whole world gonna be shocked when XRP break out of shell. And that's when we prevail. I'm XRP for well. I'm XRP for life and that's forever, can't you tell? I just keep on buying, why they telling me to sell? The whole world gonna be shocked when XRP break out of shell. And that's when we prevail. XRP taking the lead. Come equipped with institutional speed XRP giving the go to proceed Don't listen to FUD, I know they mislead Try to tell them, but I know they don't care ODL, bro, nothing compared Back in the day, I was willing to share Now I don't have any left to spare Source of liquidity on demand Try to tell them, but they don't understand Holding my ledger right here in my hand See the signs, it was already planned 
Digital economy, it's already here. I'm talking about the moon, they think I majored in astrology. Haters talking trash, I think they majored in garbology. Focus on my future, so I invest in technology. Number one is where we ranking. Come on. And if you don't have XRP, then I do not know what you thinking. Ah. This the time, this the year, this the place to be. How the strong all day long doing it faithfully. Dude. Keep that negative energy far away from me. It's not our fault that we seeing something that you can't see. I got my hands on some all demand liquidity. Oh, yeah. And I'ma hold on to it now. Thanks everyone infinity. on Twitter for this joining us. I hope you enjoy. I'll be back doing another spaces on Sunday, but during the afternoon, I can't say much more than that. But be back for another similar discussion to this in a couple days. And that's when we prevail. I'm XRP for whale. I'm XRP for life, and that's forever. Can't you tell? I just keep on buying. Why they telling me to sell? The whole world gonna be shocked when XRP break out of shell, and that's when we prevail. I'm XRP for whale, I'm XRP for life and that's forever, can't you tell, can't you tell?